I've never seen Avatar. I've never wanted to see Avatar. It's not that, and now we're just past the point. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. It's like yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, those. should I watch it? Should no. I watch it? Oh, I missed it. Here's mine. I told you, I've told you, I've never seen Top Gun. And you want to talk about past the point. When you got into elementary, you were past I mean, the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I did not see it in first you know, grade. I, I, honestly, I feel the, the same way with me and Gone with the Wind. All of us from time to time have to make some big decisions and all of us want to make the right decisions when, we, when we're making those choices. But for Christians, there's another level to this. We don't want to just make good decisions. We want to make decisions that are in line with God's will, that, that are doing what He wants. And, and for a lot of people, this is a source of a lot of stress and anxiety. What is God's will for my life? Today on the podcast, I'm Drew Moss, and I'm in the studio with Jim Johnson and Scott Irwin and Justin Ebert, and we break down this question, how do you know what God's will is, and and is that a good question even to be asking? I, I hope that this is a beneficial one for you. All right, so first question I have for you guys as we, we jump into this, um, this search for what God's will is. What, what does he want for my life? Um, as, a, as a college minister, I get to like see and experience that a lot because I'm working yeah. with people who are at a stage of life yep. where everything is kind of before them and there's all these big decisions that need to be made about where they're going to live or what their major slash career is. And, and who they're going to marry. Who they're going to marry. Yeah, all these things. Um, and so I get to see and hear it a lot. Scott gets to see it and hear it a lot. Um, I I assume this is kind of big for everybody else, but my my question to start is, has this always been a big question? Um, Do you guys think that like throughout history, human beings have wrestled with what is God's will for my life? Or, Or do you think this is a fairly like modern question, something that's fairly recent that people have been been kind of working through? I definitely think the obsession is recent. Okay. Um, and, and, and even if you just go through, I mean, uh, you don't go too far back into human history to realize that um, to decide who I'm going to marry wasn't even a question. Still, yeah. for, and I don't know what the numbers would be, but I mean, there's still a good chunk of the world that doesn't have to figure that out. Hmm. And so to just take that question off the table, yeah, no, you don't need to worry about who you're going to marry. That's going to be decided for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that is a, is a huge thing. The second thing is, is that, you know, so the other big one, so who are you going to marry? And then the other one's probably job related. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I, I still sponsor compassion children where the government chooses their jobs for them. Yeah. And their educational path. So Bethlehem, who's in Ethiopia, um, she doesn't just have a, I, I guess technically she can be whatever she wants, right? Like nobody's, nobody's forcing her in one sense, but in the end it's, if you want to get an education, then we're going to test you and see what you're good at. And then we're going to find a place for you to get that training. And then we're going to find a job for you. And so, you know, her concern is whether or not how much she's going to enjoy it or how much X or Y, but in terms of finding that. It's it's just very, 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 very different. So when yeah. I think about that and then going back into time, it's just got to be less than it is yeah. now. Well, I even think not just like government stuff, but for most of history, yes. you just did what your parents did. Yeah. If they were if they were carpenters, they you were a carpenter. If yeah. they were yeah. if they were farmers, you were a farmer, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. It r- reminds me of a recent conversation I had with a grad student named Gilbert who's from Kenya. Yeah. 
and he was describing met him on Sunday actually. Yeah, kind of cool. He's a great guy, and he was describing what he's learning. He's here studying aging in at OSU, <laughs> and w- what he was describing was the, his culture, which is inter- interdependent, and our culture, which is independent. So, so it, like in his culture, he didn't start pursuing a career until after all his siblings made it through school, made it through college, and were like either married or had a job or because he's one of the oldest mm. so and and then he decided to stop doing what he's doing and pursue this career and i said yeah americans don't talk like that or don't <laughs> think like that and he's like he's like i know because because of the system that you're in is so independent yeah and i think that breeds this oh no what should i do what am i supposed to do god what is your will for me yeah, because everything everything is wide open for us because yep. I don't have to consider yep. what's going on in my nuclear family or especially extended family. And, well, I probably just need to stay here so my cousin can do yep. this. I, everything is just – you just figure it out. Your life mm-hmm. is your own. That's So in some sense, it's not just a – as you guys are saying, it's not just a, oh, this is a modern thing, but it, it may even to some degree be more of like a Western thing. Oh, like yeah. Even, yeah. even mm-hmm. today, many mm-hmm. parts of the world may not be wrestling with this question like mm-hmm. we are. You know, and – it's somewhat of a of an exaggerated point, but there's four billion other women on the planet, and now I have to find the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need some help with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need some serious help with that. Um, and so, how many career paths do I have? Wow. Okay, and I got to find the one mm-hmm. that I mean. That's how people that's talk. Going to they make me like fulfilled. Fulfilled. And it's yeah, gonna answer to... all my questions. It's gonna. And by the way, it's going to even fulfill me when I'm 21, and when I'm 29, and when I'm 35, yeah. and when I'm 46. <laughs> um, and it's gonna be able to provide for my family, and it's gonna be able to provide me. I mean, we are p- putting too much. I, I think we put too much on those kinds of things. Okay. So I can imagine that the only response would be would be fear. I mean, and again, this is not this podcast, but do you add the layer like you even have to then try to figure out what gender you are or what orientation mm. you are? Mm. You think of the layers that people nowadays have to figure out that at one point in time were either assumed mm. <laughs> or dictated. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine the degree of anxiety and frustration and confusion um, and self-doubt that would exist yeah. when you have to decide and choose everything for yourself. Well, you used just at the very beginning, you used the word obsession, this obsession that we have with this. And, and that kind of leads this this other question I have um, is why? Like, why do you think you, you probably even touched yeah. on a little bit of yeah. it just there, but why? I'll go with you, Justin. Why do you think this is something we're so consumed with? What is God's will for my life? What, is, what does he want me to do in this specific situation? Why, why do we wrestle with that so much? It's interesting that it feels like um, people's responsibilities are lower. So long ago, or maybe just in other places still today, at a young age, people had more and more responsibilities where it seems like in our culture, your responsibilities are being pushed up. Hmm. So you, you don't have a lot of real formal, specific responsibilities till you're older. And yet hmm. our, our lack of responsibility then tie that in with a more and more individualism. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have people who are alongside you with this interdependency telling you this is the path you you have because this is a good match for our family and this is a good path for you because this is what your father does and this is where you're going to live because this is where our family lives yep. and so it's like there's this gap that's growing we don't know how to be responsible and we have more and more choices 
that require some significant responsibilities, choose one person to spend the rest of your life with. Mm -hmm. Choose one place to go to school. Choose one career that you're going to do. Choose where you all. It's like I don't. I'm not confused why there's a, so much anxiety with this because those things are just getting farther and farther apart. Mm -hmm. And so when you have all of these things on the table and you want to have the one and you hear people saying, you know, you've got to find the one. And when you find the one, you'll just know. It's this kind of nebulous idea out there like, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, man, they look really happy. So I guess that's true. Or that's kind of the, the narrative that I've been told my whole life. So I guess I'll just accept it. Yeah. After yeah. finding the one, almost half of all marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I and I I've never I've yet to have somebody say, yeah, like I really don't know if this is the one, but I've decided to start here. I, that's never been the way premarital counseling goes. And then you add to it going back to this, and so and and I guess you know the context of this is finding God's will in these areas. But then we are now asking like fifteen-year-olds who are beginning to think through what college is going to look like, and and they're even trying to choose the classes in high school to help them prepare for college. And so now we're asking sixteen, seventeen-year-olds to begin to hmm. to process these questions. And I'm going, wow. <laughs> I, I, I actually miss the time when my dad was helping me do some of the heavy lifting um, in previous generations and uh, in previous civilizations. Helping you and then like showing you the path and giving you more and more of it yourself. It's yeah. just that's the point I'm trying to make earlier is there's they don't know how to have small responsibilities, let alone make life altering decisions. And yeah. so I, I just I don't see how that's a healthy way to move through life. So a Christian's got to ask God like tell me what tell me which way to go mm -hmm. yeah that's a natural i think it's a natural question yeah. Ch uh, chuck bomar in his book worlds apart um describes kind of the his, the book is understanding the minds of 18 to 25 year olds and he described and i never heard anybody talk about this but i think it's pretty influential that the introduction to higher education that started really in the in the 30s in the during the great depression so you had you know jobs are gone so if it, there are jobs, it, adults need them. So what do we do with these 13 to 17-year-olds? Well, high school. And then high school became, well, college. And then college now. So so like if you are a 12-year-old knowing that at 13 you're going to be working for your dad, your mindset is different. But if you're a 12-year-old knowing at 18 i got to start working, you got, you got some time. But a 12-year-old knowing that at 25 – is when I really I start. start working. Is when I really start my responsibility. Yeah, that's a gen and it's, so it's over their lifetime again. Yes, they're, they're yeah. beginning to have the that body, so good. the body of an adult. Don't have the brain of an adult yet, but they have like the body yes. of an adult, and yet now they have to live 10, 15 years of trying to yeah. live like that. Catch and their brain eventually catch up when they're twenty five for mm -hmm. a guy. Again, it's the, this gap seems to be ever-growing. Yes. I wonder why there's confusion. <laughs> On the Christian side, though, here's some things we say, right? God is all-powerful. God can do all things. Um, God is a personal God. We can relate with God. You have a, you're mm. supposed to have a personal relationship with God. The Spirit of God actually lives within you. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He knows everything so, that should, and, yeah. Yeah, and for some people, like, he's already he's already determined the steps in which you're going to take. <laughs> and so I just have to unlock the key. God already knows it. I just need him to tell yep. me. Yep. And so then we go through this process of 
trying to discern what God's will is for my life, meaning where am I supposed to go tomorrow and who am I supposed to marry in a year and all of these things. So here it is then. Uh, The big question, how do you know? Um, what, What are you supposed to know? And how do you, how do we discern that? What if somebody comes out, let me phrase it a different way instead of just jumping to that. If someone walks into your office and goes, I'm really trying to figure out God's will for my life. What am I supposed to do here? What, what do you say to them in that moment? How do you help them process and work through this? Uh, I mean, I think it's almost worth thinking like uh, what they're looking for, you yeah. know? I mean, they really are wanting to know what God's already determined for them to do and the person that God's already determined for them to marry. And how do I unlock that secret that, that seems to be out there? Mm-hmm. And that, I, I mean, I truly think that's what is going through their mind. Am I wrong in that? Do you oh, think? No, I think you're right. And so we say, Jim, go ahead. I mean, I have, well, thoughts, I mean, but. I, I, I'm going to take a, a little bit of it. I won't say a step back and I don't even think it's a step to the side. I think it's, what do I believe about God? Yeah. And so I want to just begin there. Yep. And I don't think it's wrong to ask the question. I don't. I get it. I, I, Justin said, if God is all-knowing and all-loving and I can ask him anything and I should even go to him in prayer, you challenged us with that the other day to kind of broaden our understanding of prayer and um, uh, to recognize the different kinds of prayers that we might even lift up before a Heavenly Father who loves us. Um, if I can talk to my dad about what I'm going to do and who I'm going to marry, I can't imagine anyone better than the Lord himself. Yeah, so to I seek advice from. To so, seek advice yeah. from. So yeah. I'm all for that. Um, and then it, this is what I've, I think I've always believed, but it has become really, really, really clear the more that I have been reading the scriptures the last few years and looking for a very broad sweeping idea. I do not know of a case in the biblical text where God wanted somebody to do something and was really, really, really unclear about it. Hmm. Like, I don't know of one. I can't think of one example in the Bible where God wanted X to be done by one of his followers and they couldn't figure it out. Hmm. Man, God, I just, I literally, I have no idea what you want from me. And you're just, you're the way that you communicate and the way that you speak to me and the way that you is just absolutely terrible. We, we talk like that. We talk about... And God is not good at communicating. He's really, he's not as good as Drew or he's just not, he's not as kind of as, he's not as insightful as Drew and he's not as kind of forceful as Justin. And I don't think he listens to me like Scott going, no, 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 really? Like, can you think of anybody in the Bible where God communicated his will to them? Um, Did Mary have any idea what was going to happen to her or was God just vague? Did Paul have any idea what the Lord wanted him to do? Even though, even though with Paul, there were some redirected steps, but Paul never went, wow, I just ended up going to this place and it was totally wrong and had to talk to God. And then even when he was telling me, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I can't get God. I mean, so when the Bible describes knowing the will and following the will of God, in, in even in specific situations, there's not confusion. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that I believe I can discern from that is that when and if God chooses to articulate his will you will not be confused. Hmm. He is capable. And that's, I really do begin there. God is capable of communicating his will and purpose for your life. So, okay. So there's, there's a few different ways a person could go with that. Sure. Uh, A person could say, 
well, crap, that means I'm I'm the one person nope. who can't kid, figure it out. When <laughs> yep, God is, right. if God is always clear, it's not clear to me. Then I'm I'm there's something wrong with me. Um, that that could be, or or it could be they could be going. So then, does that just mean since I've never had any clear instruction, any clear direction from God, that God doesn't have a a will for me? Um, that, that he doesn't he just doesn't care uh, yep. what I'm supposed to be doing, or you know what I mean? Yep. So so. Yeah. How, how you guys, if someone says that, what do you say to them? So a couple of things that I think help clarify <clears throat> is what Jim is saying. When God wants somebody to do something very specific, he very clearly articulates that. So when God does not want someone to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, do not eat from that tree. Mm-hmm. When he says, I need you to move yourself and your family to this place because I'm going to do something through you and all of your lineage to bless the world, I need you to move to that place. If I need you to go and deliver my people out of Egypt, I'm going to be very clear that that's what I want you to do. Mm. If I'm going to uh, save you from your sins through God in the flesh, I'm going to communicate that gospel very clearly. If I'm going to uh, send you to Rome for a specific purpose or even send you to die um, for the specific reason, he's going to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is a, a particular will for some people, right? And then there is also the overall will of God, which actually he's revealed to us also in Scripture, like in Ephesians 1, 9, and 10, where God has revealed the mystery of his will to unite all things in and through Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the big theme, that everything's trying to be united in and through Christ. And then what about for us? Well, he's made us in his image to represent him in this world, to relate with him in a unique way, to glorify him ultimately, and then to be fruitful and multiply. And so what does that mean? And we look at the New Testament, go and multiply, go and make disciples. Part of your will as a follower of Jesus, as someone who desires to be within the will of God, is those things. Mm. Represent God well. Relate with God, glorify God, multiply yourself, actually multiply Christ in this world. Mm. And now as you recognize like how you're gifted by the spirit that lives in you, as you realize how you've been wired by God with your personality and your passions, as you recognize now the opportunities that are before you, you get to make a decision. So you may say, so you're you're saying really God doesn't care. No, God does care. He's very passionate about sin and holiness. He's very passionate about whether or not you glorify him. He's also given you these certain things that is almost like a boundary. You go outside of this, um, it could be sinful. You go on the other side of it, you just may not enjoy it. But there may be a sweet spot of you can both be um, glorifying God and on within his will and also something that you're going to find fruitful and joyful with your life, whether that be relationally or a job wise. So you're saying, you're saying, I want, I want to get your thoughts on this here in just a second, Scott, but you're saying like that what we see in scripture is this general will of God for his, for humanity and then for his people under Jesus to, to go into the world and make disciples and to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And, um, I think of, I think it's First Thessalonians five. It is God's will that you would be sanctified, like mm-hmm. to be holy and stuff. And then there are, if I'm if I'm getting this right, it almost you said like look at your giftedness, look at that. And so we might each have a particular way in which we work that general will out based on personality and gifts. Is that what you're kind of getting at there? I believe so. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's more of like a wisdom piece where 
if God has not told Drew Moss, you need to move your, you and your family to Kentucky next week, then if somebody from Kentucky calls and says, Drew, we want you to move there, you now have the choice to stay in Stillwater and minister at Oklahoma State University or move to Kentucky and minister at the University of Kentucky. Both are great options. And outside of a unique, special revelation from God, either him appearing yeah. to you and speaking audibly to you, um, you, I would say you have the freedom to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And you ha- there is a process of wisdom to do that. And I, I'm not a, I, I totally believe God can do that. Like, you know, in that yeah. sense, I mean, I do believe like if God wants, he, there's no reason why I could not uh, agree that in the same way that God approached uh, Saul on the road to Damascus, he couldn't have approached me on the road to West Edmonton Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that's out there. And I'm always wanting God to reveal himself in any way that he chooses to be revelatory. Yeah. Um, and you going back, it's, you know, you said, I'm the one person who, and this is the, you know, the hypothetical, yeah. I'm the one person who, and I think something's wrong with me. I'm going, no, it's actually what you're really saying is there's something's wrong with God. Because I said, like, he's not, he's not confusing. And so if you haven't heard something, the second question could still be, does God not care? That That's yeah. a still a legitimate yeah. question. But, you know, uh, I think even of the Jonah story, I keep pointing this out to people. Jonah knew what, where to go, just didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. So even when God is like, hey, I want you to go, and Jonah doesn't want to go, he's still clear. It's yeah. not like, um, where do you want me to go again? Nineveh. I, don't, I didn't hear you. Nineveh. I, I heard him. It's Nineveh, Jonah. Yeah. And so the, the, the texts are just rather like clear that when the Lord speaks and directs in that. And the other thing I would even tell you is go back and just list for yourself every name in the Bible, Okay. I mean, it's a ridiculous number, just the genealogies. And then put a star beside everyone that God told him who to marry. Hmm. And then put in the, in the Bible, and then put a, put a star beside everyone where God chose their vocation. Hmm. And I bet you any money you would find out you're in the vast majority of people, according to the biblical yeah. text. Yeah. Vast, vast, vast majority. Where yeah. God didn't come down and say, this is who you marry, and this is what you do. Your for job her. is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and that's why you know we 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 talk a lot and I've spent too many years speaking about the general and the specific will of God, mm-hmm. which are good categories. I think before we even get into that conversation, we need to talk about the bigger uh, sovereignty and strength and clarity of God. I mean, just the older I get, the more I just feel like people are feeling like God's playing a game with them or God's letting them down. And man, I don't know why God's not doing it. And I just. I think you're asking for and expecting things, not that God can't do, mm-hmm. but that if he's not doing it, I don't I don't know why. Or that he's not promised to do. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, again, I don't see it in scripture. So um, with all due respect to junior, junior high, high school and college pastors, um, I think that's our verbiage in those times. Like, and families are doing, I mean, our families are doing that. So it's not just the pastors. We're, we're actually saying that that's what's going to happen. And I'm going, I, I'd be careful. Yeah. I'd be careful <laughs> really promising that God is going to speak in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I know the apostles didn't promise that he would. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not particularly on those issues. Now, on the things that he do says, and I've got, you know, these texts in Colossians we may get to. On those texts, God's very, very clear through the apostles about God giving his will to people that they be sanctified and that, yeah, but that's not what I want. I mean, what's my girlfriend's name? Yeah. And that's the issue is that where the Bible is clear on discerning the will of God, Mm -hmm. it is the, 
it is that we be sanctified. It is that we, it is that we. So that's where the Bible speaks. Yeah, it seems like the, the issue, like what you said with that question is, is and I want to be sympathetic to it because I've asked it too, and I understand the, 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 mm-hmm. the emotion that mm-hmm. I can put behind that is it has to be what is your picture of God? Do, and ultimately, do you trust him? Yeah. And then, and then let's, start, let's start there mm-hmm. because the Bible seems to pre- reveal a God who says you, um, you can't miss my will but you can disobey it. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, a great point. Like God's God's perspective is, my will is clear. You know, there's the, the Jeremiah 29, 11 verse that yeah. um, yep. recently kind of reading and kind of seeing with new eyes, where it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And the, the person I was reading talking about that is saying, notice what God says, I know the plans. And, and ultimately, the plans are for your good. But he doesn't tell them the specific plans <laughs> about how to get out of exile. Because yeah. they're, right yeah. now they're being oppressed by a yeah. really nasty, you know, yeah. cut, whatever nation. And God says, I know the plans, and they're, and they're good for you. But ultimately, do you trust me? Yeah. And it's not God saying, here are, I know the plans, and now here they are. It's, yeah. I know the plans. And so, like, the, the hidden will or the sovereign will of God, we will... We, we won't miss. We will, f- we will find when it happens to us. And then the issue is, can we trust him before and during and then after? Well, you know what's funny is I never actually put this together, but 29-11, it goes on to tell them about getting married and getting jobs. Hmm. And it never tells them oh, what those are. Like living I, in the city. Living yeah, in the city, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. stay in the city, settle down, settle down yeah. get married, um, you Light know, work gardens, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so it literally tells them, get married and get jobs and, <laughs> and, and work for the benefit of the city. So, because I know your plans that, that I have for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, so who am I supposed to marry? You know, that's, and that's what's interesting. It's, it's, it's. Those are the questions, and you know, and I'm not trying to pick on parents because I would be one of those people that would be guilty. Like maybe that's what parents are supposed to help with, and maybe when parents aren't helping out, they just kind of go, "Well, talk to God about it." And and maybe it's, um, you know, I do think we should talk again. We should talk to God about these things, and maybe moms and dads should help, and maybe like uh, our spiritual mentors and our community should come mm-hmm. alongside of us and to teach us a way of what the scriptures teach. You know, it, it doesn't say in the Bible, I'll give you the name of the woman who's wise, but it gives us Proverbs 31. And and there's a lot of that that actually happens. Yeah. In find the, someone in the, like this the, instead yes. of find this person. Find yes. someone like this. Yes. Um, okay, let me, uh, I want to ask you a question though, Jim, because I've heard you talk a number of times about oh. the importance of... Okay, I'm just going to, before you say it... Yep. I could have been wrong. And I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that, yeah. I feel like you're about to, and you like to do gotcha. this to me. No, you <laughs> like, you love the getcha. Yeah. I'm, and I talk too much. So I got a lot of, did I really, I did. I said that, didn't I? Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm wrong. I've got it on recording actually I right I here. If I need to play. I wish uh, I could say, <laughs> oh, Drew, I've never said that. But no. Siri, bring up <laughs> stupid Jim quote 103. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, good. I was so hoping you'd pick one that I had in the 400s. (laughs) Okay, so I've heard you talk a number about the importance of, like, calling. And, like, one of the things that's kind of brought me to my ministry is this feeling like, man, this calling. And and even, even say some things like, 
<clears throat> to missionaries or church planners, don't tell me we got to go there because I'm going yeah. there because it's yeah. got the most lost people and don't because I, I don't, I don't, you don't have to try to get me with numbers. All I need to know is, has God called you there? Um, so what do you mean by that? Or maybe you would, maybe you would change that now. What no, I'm not going to change that? it. Okay. I'm not going to change it. But I do think that I've grown in my understanding of, of the way that I, that I believe it can be done. So I do believe there is a calling that Jesus has given to me to be a disciple of his. And then I do believe that God has put a burden on my heart. I do believe it is God. I don't think it's mine. A burden on my heart to care for those who are lost and those who are saved and to help them grow in their uh, in their walk with Christ. Like God has put a, um, I would even say like a divine burden on me. And I've, and I've had it looking back. Like I think I've had it since I was a kid. Mm. I was always, always, deeply troubled and plagued by those questions about right and wrong and heaven and hell and life and death and salvation and damnation. So those are always things that have been, I've never had a, a divine moment where God has spoken to me um, and revealed himself on, in, a, in a biblical sense, okay, um, where I know I'm supposed to move to Joplin, Missouri, or I know I'm supposed to accept a call in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I've prayed for it. And I've prayed for it um, expecting that should God choose to make his will, that part of his will, clear to me that it would happen. And so I, I would say that God has, um, that, and, and this is the part I think I'm, uh, you know, this ha hasn't really changed. I believe that in that sense, the Holy Spirit is still guiding me and is still leading me and is still pulling me. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I, like I surround myself with wise people and I surround myself with the word of God and a very godly wife. And do we stay at Ozark or do we go to Stillwater? Do we stay at Ozark and we go to Stillwater? And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And we felt that God, that part of this was peaceful, part of this was troublesome, but we felt like we should move to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Hmm. And so we, we did. We felt called in a sense here. The problem is, is that sometimes when, when others hear that, they're, they're going, they hear me say that word, and this is where I've been probably do a better job communicating it. My call has always been kind of the, the leading or a burden that I believe the Holy Spirit has placed in my, okay. in my life, in my mind, in, in my mind, yeah. and in my heart. A burden or a love. And I, I do believe that with the indwelling of the Spirit that he does lead and guide that way. And therefore, I don't freak out about should I have stayed at the college or should I have yeah. not. Um, I chose this, and I, I believe the Lord led. So but do you mean, like, with burden, because you talked earlier about this burden for the lost and for discipleship. Do you mean, like, did you feel like a kind of particular burden or love for Stillwater, Sunnybrook, and that's why I like is coming. I feel this desire for yeah. those people. This, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Or do yeah. you just mean, no, I, the, the general one for discipleship and, and evangelism and the lost. And yeah, it just I felt, to play out in Stillwater. I felt a real one for Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. And yeah. I, I'm not even saying, and by the way, be very careful going, okay, well, then I want one too. I mean, yeah. nobody tells God how to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm okay with I, I'm okay with not. That was stronger than other feelings I had. Like when I was going to grad school, and I, I, I and now I look back, I can see how God used my time in Illinois. It was not that strong. My call to the college was not that strong. Um, even my call into ministry in the very beginning was not that strong. 
I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't even know what to what to do. But I do believe in the indwelling of the Spirit. I do believe of the guiding of the Spirit, and then I do believe that the lack of God's clarity, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Him speaking to me specific. in specific, yes, specifically, saying Stillwater. I believe there was room for that. Mm-hmm. In which case, Andrew and I did. We sought wise counsel. We did everything that we should do, and then we and then we pursued. So I'm not going to change my position on that, Drew. I think, I think that I would like for people to do is to own their own lead the to, to own the decisions when we follow mm. and then this is the part i love i mean and this is going through the book of acts i think paul had a different plan in 16 Acts 16 mm. and the lord redirected him yeah and so i love that it's like it's the guys that won't do anything it's like drew listen dude if you're just waiting and you're not going to be faithful in the meantime, that's my concern. Mm-hmm. But if you are wondering if do I need to do I need to be a minister somewhere? Do I need am I yeah. being called to to do X? Um, man, I'll tell you, I'd, I'd start going in that direction. And I promise you, I promise you, if God wants you to do Y and it's like a non-negotiable, He is so good at communicating. <laughs> he will get you to Y. It's the fear, or then uh, the problem is, is that you know the ministry that that Andrew and I have been blessed to be a part of has been such a joy for us. How else do I know whether or not I should be here? And I don't like. Well, it just didn't go well. Yeah, I know. And Jesus's ministry, much of it did not go well. <laughs> yeah. Much of Paul's ministry did not go well. So, um, I I love to be reminded. This is why I'd I'd want someone like you in my life, so that should the next few years just go south. You can go, hey, by the way, you were still right on that calling thing. Hmm. Yeah. I think calling is probably a word thrown out there and used inappropriately at times a lot. Um, and like in a biblical sense, when we look at that word called or calling, far more generally is that you've been called to follow Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus. You've been called toward Holiness. You've actually, Ephesians 4 1 says, um, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Mm. He's not talking to a person, he's talking to a group of persons, yeah. and that calling is following Jesus. It's Ephesians 1 through 3, mm-hmm. all the things that he's described <laughs> yeah. in those, yeah, in those chapters. In yeah. Romans 8 28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Are those just ministers? Mm-hmm. No, nope. yep. those are those are people who have been grafted into the family of yeah. God because of the personal work of Jesus and their attachment to him through faith. You know, and so I'll, I'll, most of the language in the New Testament of call and calling is actually not particular people to do a particular thing, mm-hmm. though it is sometimes Jesus called the disciples. Jesus called Paul this apostle. Um, so it can be. And I think Jim would say, yeah, if if you hear an audible voice from God, you should probably obey it. And that's still mm-hmm. possible. Okay, yeah. don't say what God can and cannot do. That's a dangerous game unless that's already been revealed by him in his scriptures. Yeah. Um, but again, in, in most times, call and calling is more toward following Jesus. And that heart that you should feel toward the lost or that heart you should feel to minister on behalf of Christ is based on your first and primary calling, which is into the family of God through personal work of Jesus. Okay, so... If, if, I mean, the way you, way you guys describe it, like, primarily God's will is about what is revealed to us already in his scriptures. And if there's something specific he wants you to do, we can trust that he'll make that clear. So, um, so then let me ask you, is, are there better questions that we should be asking than what is God's will for my life? Are there better, since that seems to kind of 
open up open us up to confusion or worries that maybe we don't have to be experiencing what what kind of questions should our people be asking when they're trying to discern to what what, what they should do in their life i'll go um, i think i think for me and and as i process through wanting to know the specifics and god hasn't and god hasn't given me specifics it's generally coming from a couple places um a fear of making a mistake that would be hmm. cause hardship or or pain or or difficulty in some way shape or form um or a laziness a desire for it to be easy and not to have to work through the process not have to learn how to make better decisions not to not to have to grow in wisdom and so uh, wanting it to be quick and easy yeah. you know yeah so as I think about that and as I as I've been praying to move from those things to how, how do I be obedient to you God and how do I grow in wisdom and and so like the how do I grow in wisdom to me is a better question um, that that helps me go okay so this decision isn't the isn't the life-altering big decision that I think it is this could be a big decision but at the same time I'm going to grow in learning how to make decisions by making this decision. And if God isn't clear, then I get to work through the process. And I, and if I make it, you know, the, the, the decision-making process needs to have within it um, room to make mistakes because it's in those mistakes that you learn how to make better decisions. And so the growing in wisdom thing, which is a big theme in my life right now, um, seems to be a a way better process to mm -hmm. think through, think about instead of give me the specifics, God. Okay, so how do I, how do I, you said, how do I grow in obedience, how do I be obedient to you, God? Mm -hmm. And how do I grow in wisdom yeah. in this? Okay, yeah. good. I, anything else? Other questions that would be better to be Well, asked? I mean, one of my favorite texts for this, and it's the Colossian letter, which begins with Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. Uh -huh. So it's interesting that's the beginning mm -hmm. of it. Um, and, and we can even see how that happened, right? Uh, and then I, I love the fact that, like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm totally okay with the fact that I don't have a Damascus Road experience. I just trust that God in his goodness has a reason why he did that to Saul. And mine was much, much, much different. But I just, God is good. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, I'm grateful for, for the fact that I get to do anything. He says then later on in verse nine, he says, for this reason also, since the day that we heard, uh, we heard, we heard this about, about their own faith, by the way, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Mm. And I, I mean, here's one, one of the things that I just, I have to admit that I was immature in many times in my life, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. Yeah, no, I, I really would rather, I'd rather know if I should live in Stillwater or Joplin. Mm. And it's like, well, what did you just give up? So it's a little bit of a what are we giving up and what my what 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 my wife whoever that might be needs is for me to be transformed into the image of Jesus that's what that's what whatever whoever my wife might be that's what ask Andrea she'll tell you that's what she would long for more than anything else my wife is such a godly woman she wants more than me being the one she wants me to be 
tra- she needs me. My children need me to be transformed into the image of Christ. And, and more than a, a quick, easy answer about how oh. you should, where you should live. Yes. She needs you to be transformed in the image, which which may not happen if you just had a quick, easy answer. You're saying. Exactly. Like I, part, exactly. Of, part of figuring that out is sure. what transforms you sometimes. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'll tell you, the the other thing that's interesting, the Jeremiah 29, I'm going to go back and look at that one a bunch, Scott, because I love the 29-11 and what he does say and what he does not mm-hmm. say. The other thing is, I find it fascinating that um, I can think of an instance in the Bible where four idiots got together to try to discern why God was doing something in someone else's life. <laughs> and honestly, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. Like, and, and they're using all this wisdom and they're using all of this and they're trying to figure out what God's doing. And, and, and Job, Hey, do you know what? And, and honestly, and then God comes down and he doesn't even answer their questions. Yeah. And his whole thing is, you don't understand me. It's so fascinating. Like he could, I've, I've thought that before in Job. Oh. It would have been the perfect time to come down and go, no, this was my will and this is what I was doing. And he just comes down and says, no, you don't understand. <laughs> and just kind of leaves it at the end. Still is okay with them not knowing exactly I, how or why he's working. In yeah. That. I mean, honestly, maybe it's a good thing to say to a 17-year-old, what, what do you want more than anything else? I want to know the name of my wife. Okay. Then we need to kind of re, reassess your priorities. Mm-hmm. What do you want? You know, you're 21 years old. And what do you want more than I want to know what job I should do. Okay. We need to reassess your priorities. Okay. What do you want? And not that those are silly things and you should never ask. No, I think it is good to ask repetitively, God, who should I marry? And and and, and God, I, I need your help because I can be tempted into being way more impressed with looks than character. God, who should I be surrounding? I mean, to be talking about those things and, and is this the one, Lord, because you know what my heart is doing, but I also know my heart can be very deceitful. So give me eyes to see and will you please give when I'm over at Stephen Patty's house tonight, would you give them eyes to see to know whether or not, like those are conversations I want us to have about the will of God, about discerning the who's and the what's and the where's. Um, believing God will lead us in, in ways that maybe are not as um, direct hmm. is what a lot of people say they should be. So believing that he is leading, like I, I do, I don't believe he abandoned me. I believe that he did some amazing things looking back. Um, and so I, I want to give him credit for all of that. And then along the way, just trusting that should there be a mid-course correction, if I'm staying with Christ and I'm following Christ and I'm growing in the knowledge of his will, then everything else God will take care of. I think you'd add, Justin. Yeah, I think so. I, we talk about this at our senior track. One of the first talks that we do is how do I we, we say in terms that I think a lot of our own kids from our own church would ask, how do I know God's will for my life and mm-hmm. pertaining to dating or to college? Kind of going right at this. And the first thing we try to tell them is remember how and why God made you, you as in part of people in general. Mm-hmm. That he made you to relate with him, to represent him, to glorify him, and all of that in order to go into this world making disciples, following Jesus. Okay, that, I mean, that is the core of who you are, why God made you. And if, yeah. if it doesn't start there, you're going to get off really quickly, and it's going to take you to bad places. And then second, again, talking about this earlier, know how God has gifted you. You know, the, the Spirit actually 
gives gifts to us for the purpose of building up the body of doing ministry in this life. Um, Know how he's wired you, and that may be changing as the Spirit's working in you. Our desires actually become God's desires over time because of his work in us. And then even like personality stuff, like, like recognize some of that. And the way we do some of that, we don't have to do all that alone. We have the Word of God as kind of the foundation for all of this. We have the Spirit of God, as we've already mentioned. We have the people of God, wise people, uh, maybe not Job's friends, but people who understand actually how God works as he's revealed himself in the scriptures um, to help you along that journey. And then remember that you have, unless God's made it known otherwise, you have this range of possibilities that's going to be okay. And you have freedom within that. And take that deep breath and just walk forward in that. I like that reminder even that like, yeah, it could, you, you, there's a range sometimes. doesn't mean it's not just like, hey, God doesn't care. So you yeah. figure out the one right thing to do. It's like, no, maybe there's, maybe there's five right things to do here in this spot. So like well, and that. God knows what you're going to choose. Like, and this yeah. is the part I don't see God disconnected from us. I see God even actively involved in the process and he's so good at it, like yeah. so good at it that he is leading us even as we make choices that are wrong. And I mean, this is what we see all, all throughout scripture. Job said, or uh, not Job, uh, Joseph says to his brothers, these things that you intended for evil, God chose for good. So God is even sovereign over the, the wrong choices or the unwise. And I like you said it, Justin, there are things that are unwise and then there are things that are yeah. sinful. Um, God allows that and his sovereignty is not undone by it. Right. And I am very grateful to learn a whole new way of communicating with them. This is actually, it's actually like spiced up my prayer life. (laughs) Because in the end, I get it why you're mad if you thought he was going to send you the initials of your wife. But the fact that I don't know um, some of the answers to these questions, and I'll even ask him for specifics. And if he doesn't give them to me, then I, I don't doubt he's with me. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I also think it's good that we... And I probably don't have time to, to deal with this, but I just cannot believe this is this is what this is the other flip side. I believe God is clear and I believe my circumstances and my ability to discern my circumstances is probably not clear. <laughs> so I do know this is, is God is always clear when he reveals it. But if you and I go back and we go, hey, there was a guy and had this amazing ministry, but he died on a cross. Oh, yeah, that was a mistake. Hey, there was this guy, and he ended up in a prison in Rome. Yeah, well, he obviously did something wrong. Like I would get, I would get everything wrong. Yeah. And so the problem that I don't like is, is that when I hear the average person talking to me, they only have an Americanized, and I say that with all due respect, but an American and, and some frustration, an Americanized version of that, mm-hmm. which is an onward and upward, a better and stronger and more successful and happy and wealthy, and it's that's the paradigm. And I'm going really because I don't see that scripturally. Yeah. And so if you tell me that these are the things that have happened. And that therefore it wasn't God's will. I'm going, actually, I can think of a lot of great examples where it was God's will, you know, to marry a prostitute, to walk around naked, to not cry because your wife's died. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible's rich. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I can see some, some of you listening to this or yeah, right now, maybe even being kind of uh, frustrated or man, you thought you were going to get the answer in this one. Um, and, and maybe wanted wished for more but um, I do I want to challenge you with you know what 
what Jim kind of talked about, that we know this for sure, God's will is that you would become more like Jesus. And maybe sometimes the things that we're wanting so quickly to know would short circuit the process mm-hmm. and oh, God's true. big will for us as, as we have to as we have to seek wisdom, if we, as we have to seek his word, as we have to listen to people and those kinds of things. And so uh, I want to I wanna challenge you to listen to this and think through what, what might God want to do in my life just as I am working out what is right and wise and obedient and holy rather than just knowing right away what I should do. Uh, Jim likes to say, come talk to us, and I think this is a, a good one to say that. Yeah, hey, if you're wondering, if you're trying to sort that out, part of this is seeking wise counsel from other brothers and sisters. So um, talk to people in this church, talk to people on this staff, to elders here who can give you wise counsel about those things. Love you guys. See you next time.